Thank you, Princess. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Yes, I'm going to go ahead and start my timer, and I'm going to ask for an extra minute. Normally, I give myself 38 minutes and 15 seconds, but I know you're a people of grace, so you'll give me 39 minutes and 15 seconds. Today, the title of this morning's message is Tis the Season, and it's not a Christmas message, but if we listen and I, I, I need your undivided attention this morning, because if you will listen to what's being shared, it'll make every day be like Christmas. OK, so tis the season. And before I get to our verse, I want to define what is a season, scripturally speaking. You know, we know according to our calendar, a season is winter. It's basically three months out of the year. We got winter and we have spring, we have summer and we have fall. But scripturally speaking, a season doesn't necessarily need to be three months. It could be three days, it could be 30 years. Because a season, scripturally speaking, listen to this, is a time marked by a certain activity. I want to say that another way. It's a time committed to a purpose for an activity. So a season is a time committed to a purpose. And, you know, and as a child, I understood because I grew up in Michigan with farms all around me and I never really heard the word fall. It was always harvest time. Because when you grew up around farmers, that time of the year was a time. The purpose of the time was to bring in the harvest yes, sir. and the activity defined the season. Okay. It was harvest time. Now, when seasons of life change, hear me when I say this. When seasons change, wise people adapt. I want to say that again. When seasons change, wise people adapt. When it's winter, we adapt. <clears throat> and when it becomes summer, we adapt yet again. We change our clothing. We alter our activities, right? If it's August and it's 100 degrees out, we're not wearing fleece and down and you know, we, we our, our, our attire is determined by the season and so are our activities. We may run for the swimming pool, pool or the beach. But when it's January and it's 20 degrees out, well, we're not typically wearing shorts and running toward the swimming hole. We adapt because when seasons change, wise people adapt. You following me? Now go with me to, there's, a, there's an amazing yet, slightly obscure verse and I want to read it to you out of first chronicles chapter 12 verse 32 and it says this in verse 32 and from the sons of Issachar men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do I want to say from the sons of Issachar there were a group of men the Bible says there was 200 of them and they had an understanding of the times and because they had an understanding of the times, they knew what Israel ought to do. Everyone say ought to do. <clears throat> and all of their brothers were at their command. Now, this was a time of transition. This was this was applying specifically to that time of transition between the anointed of God named Saul. You see, we when we read back, we just see a mad, evil king. But in that time, Saul was at first beloved and he was anointed. Even David said he's anointed. And so this 
season was a time of transition and understand this transition times are the most dangerous of times for all people i once heard a pilot say that the the most dangerous time to be on an airplane is when it's just beginning to lift off it's no longer in the season of being locked to the land yet it's not quite fully airborne either it's in that in-between time and that's the most dangerous time Transition times are always the most dangerous time because you're in between what used to be and what's not quite yet. In fact, some of you have heard the teaching I have on I don't know moments. And I think I'll, re, I'll dust those off and bring them out next week. The I don't know moments of life are the most dangerous time. Because when you're disconnected from what was, but you're not yet fully connected to what's coming. You're in what's called an I don't know moment. Now, this is the time when you're tempted to retreat backwards to what used to be. Because yes, I want you to hear this. Listen, when you're in between, what used to be looks a whole lot like what ought to be because of familiarity. Do you remember what the children of Israel did when they were disconnected from Egypt, but not yet quite connected to the promised land? Suddenly, leeks and onions and whips and chains looked really good. Why? Because no matter how, listen to me, no matter how well we plan, no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we prep, no matter how much money we save, the future for all of us offers no security. The future only offers uncertainty. Now, the, the fearless see it as a time of potential and the fearful see it as a time of problems. But for, for both the fearful and the faithful, it still offers only uncertainty because none of us know what tomorrow will bring. This is why to go boldly into your future requires what the Bible says, strength and courage only be strong and courageous strong and courageous strong and courageous why because in the time of transition if we grow fearful we'll retreat because i'm going to say it again because when you're in a time of uncertainty the things that used to be look a whole lot like what ought to be simply due because to, to familiarity you know what it is. You know, and it, it should, the, the children of Israel complained about slavery for 400 years. They cried out to God. Then when God delivered them, what did they want to do? Because that time of transition is a very dangerous time. And it's dangerous for all of us. I better not chase too many rabbits, though I do have a whole rabbit farm now, thanks to the grams on my... So there may be more rabbits to chase. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. And I just want to read the first part of the verse. We are not of those who shrink back to destruction. Now, it, it, for the, understand the book of Hebrews is really a book of transition. When they're transitioning from about 3,000 years of a certain pattern of worship and praise to a new pattern. And when you're looking at the new, you shrink back to the old if you're not careful. 
Now let's go, let's look again at 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. I want to pull some things out of this as we get started. And from the sons, the sons of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. First thing I want you to note is that they understood the time, and because they understood the time, they knew what ought to be done. And number two, all their brothers were at their command. Dr. Ed Cole used to say this, the man without a plan will always be subject to the man with a plan. This has to do with understanding our seasons. Because I want to show you this, that as we go along, if we don't know what season we're in, we're likely doing the wrong thing with the wrong people. Because the only way to know what's the right thing to do is to know what season you're in. If you don't know what season you're in, you're going to be doing the wrong thing. Many, and this is, listen, I've lived a Christian life long enough now to know this is the number one trap most churches and Christians fall into is they don't recognize the changing of the seasons. Because something was good last season, they think it'll be good for every season. And when the season of that thing comes to an end, they don't let it die. This is how traditions are born. And this is why they get stuck doing things and wanting, and they become frustrated with their spouses, with their family, with their church, and even with their God, because they're wondering why I'm doing what I used to do, and it ain't delightful anymore, it ain't working anymore, it ain't pretty no more. We got to understand that there is a season for everything. But if there's a season for it, that means there's a time for it. Now, the, 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 the children of Israel had adhered to Saul, and they knew Saul, and they knew when to throw their support, but they also knew the time of Saul was coming to an end. But hear me when I say this. Even a bad king can seem better than an unknown king. Selah, I'm going to let that. Why do some people remain in toxic relationships? Why do they remain in abusive relationships? Because that which is known is more comfortable than the unknown. Got to be brave. So the sons of Issachar knew that the time of Saul had come to an end. And they knew how to transition and how to teach Israel to transition to the time of David. Now I want to read some of these things so I don't miss them. When you understand the times of your life you will know the best course to take. If you don't know what season it is, you don't know what to do. When you know the season, you know the right thing to do. When you don't know the season you are in, listen to this, you waste time trying to do the wrong thing and wondering why it won't work. When I wrote this, I just said, oh my. Because I remember a time I had to call Bishop Tony Miller. My wife and I, had been missionaries and we were transitioning out of being a missionary and you know that wasn't an easy to easy change we thought we would live and die on the foreign field and we're that's what we wanted to do we wanted to end our existence on this planet in a foreign nation because there were too much church politics in america i liked being overseas and deborah had grown to like being overseas and and so when the lord told us it was time to come back to america we cried i mean physical tears coming down our face because we had given him a vow, we'd do whatever he asked us to do, but we didn't want to do that. We thought he'd plant us somewhere in the UK. Ireland was really nice. 
But no, he sent us back. And, 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 and there, was a, there was a season when everything that I used to do that had worked stopped working. I was doing the same thing that I had done for numerous churches overseas, and it had caused all of them to grow. And, but when I tried to implement that, nothing was working. So I did what any wise person would do. I called my mentor. I said, Bishop, help. I don't understand. And this is what he told me. I want you to hear this. He said, the reason you're having trouble is you're leaning on yesterday's wisdom. I said, okay, clarification is needed. I don't know what you mean. He said, the wisdom God gave you yesterday worked yesterday. But today you need, a new, you need new wisdom because you're in a new season. I said, wait a minute, time out, pause. You're telling me God would give me revelation that would help me out of last season. And then God himself would frustrate it in the new season. He said, yeah. I said, okay, why? Why would God do that? He said, because God's never going to give you anything that will replace him. You needed him in the last season. You need him in the new season. This is why the Bible says don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. Right? So there's never going to be a season where you can go into the new season completely leaning on what you understood in the last season. This is another reason why we like old things. Because we know the old way. We know the old lingo. And when things change, we don't necessarily, I say this all, is this okay? I'm chasing a bunch of rabbits. They're all over the place. I say this all the time. As church folks, we love singing songs of change. We like quoting change. We like preaching about change. But you know the one thing we don't like doing? Because when it's time for change, we resist. And the reason we resist is because the old is familiar. And I'm going to say it again. In a time of uncertainty, that which used to be looks a whole lot like that which ought to be. And so we migrate toward it. But the Bible makes it very clear that if we shrink back, we shrink back to our own destruction. Everyone say, tis the season. It might not be the season to be jolly, but baby, it's a season. When God says, fear not, you know he knows what is coming. And when God says, prepare yourself, you better get ready because change is coming. Again, I remember years ago, you know, our greatest, our greatest handicap being missionaries was always our stateside office, finding someone who would manage it. Because it's amazing how many people love the idea of ministry until they discover it's work. And uh, so we went through a series of office managers because they just all discovered, wow, this is work. I thought it'd be fun. And uh, one day I was praying, just doing my own thing, and the Lord spoke to me and told me there's a change coming. He said, you need to prepare right now because in a couple days you're going to get a call from your office manager telling you that they've had a life change and they can no longer as immediately no longer do your office. Wise people adapt when there's a changing of the season. The person that we had doing it was wonderful. They did everything we needed without complaint. But they had had a massive life change. Well, because the Lord had pre-warned me of what was happening, I made some phone calls. I found out who was supposed to do it, and I made arrangements for everything to be shifted to their locality. 
So when the call came in a few days and this person said, look, I hate to do this. I can't give you any time. I don't know what you're going to do. But as of right now, I've got to stop doing your office. I said, it's all cool. I hope you all are hearing. Are you catching what I'm throwing? When we listen to the Lord and he prepares us for that which is coming, we're not caught flat footed. We're not caught unawares. We're already prepared because the Lord is always preparing us for that which he has prepared for us. But we have to understand that seasons come and seasons. Got to try that again. Seasons come and seasons Go with me to the book of Psalms. I want to show you something here. Psalm 23, you know this so well. But sometimes we can know verses so well we miss the message. Psalm 23, and I want to read verse 1 through 4. Psalm 23, verse 1, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I want you to imagine this as a movie, okay? The title of it, The Boy Who Would Be King. Scene one, green pasture, bubbling brook. It's plush, it's lush, it's relaxing. Everything is so wonderful. It's a great place to be. What's the action that we see? What's the main character doing? He's relaxing, he's resting. His soul is being energized and fused with strength because he's in a certain season. We could literally call this the season of rest. Right? Because a season is a time committed to a purpose for an action. The purpose was the refreshing of the soul. The time was in the valley, and the action was rest. Now let's keep reading. Scene two. A dark, dangerous valley with death lurking and hiding behind every rock. Now what's the main character doing? What's the action? Come on now, y'all are sharp quicking on the ball. What's the action? He's, he adapted because the season changed. Yes. Yes. When he was in the time of resting, he was resting. But now, baby, it's the time to move. Right. Y'all seeing this? Yeah. Yeah. Now, a couple things I want to point out to you because this, this, this is so rich to me. I want you to notice how quickly everything changed. Between verse 3 and verse 4, there's what? A dot. That's all there is. There's a dot. There's no explanation. There's no reason. The main character goes from a time of resting to a time of getting the move on like that. That's how life is. Have you ever noticed that? Your whole life can change with one phone call, one email, one conversation. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. You don't know why. You don't even know how you went from this lush valley to this valley shadowed by death but all you know is you're here yes. wise people adapt now i want you to imagine this what if david had failed to recognize the season he was in what if in the season is this okay this morning what if in the season of resting 
he figured everything is so good, man. I better, I better get going, man. I got to crack it. I got to move fast because everything is so good. So he was working seven twelves nonstop, getting no rest. Because, I mean, hey, in a good time, this is when you got them. Right? The Lord is always preparing you for that which he has prepared for you. See, the Lord knew ahead of time David was going to have to be refreshed because the next season he was going to have to walk. He needed his soul restored and energized because he was going to need the strength to walk through a dark place in the next season. But what if David had not rested? What if he entered into the new season totally exhausted? Because when he was supposed to have been resting, he was moving. See... A lot of the things that we struggle with, we produce because we do the wrong thing at the wrong time with the wrong group of people because we don't know the season we're in. If David had entered into the dark valley with no strength, what if death had caught him? Come on now, listen. When we read the Bible, this ain't a comic book. These are real stories. This is real life. These people went through these things. And when David went through that dark valley, if he had gone through it exhausted, death could have caught him. I've known young pastors and preachers that death caught. I remember, is this okay this morning? I remember one time when we were in Bible school and I was working the cameras and Brother Hagen, I was up on a platform like this and Brother Hagen was right down in front of me. I could count the hair follicles. And in order to get him on camera, I had to stand on my tiptoes and push the camera up like this. And because I was so close, I could hear what he was saying to the young minister he had called up. Because Brother Hagen shut his mic off. But I was right there and inquiring minds. I wanted to know, why would you shut your mic off? And I remember that young man, and Deborah and I both, Deborah knew him really well. He was shaking the power of God was on him so strong. He was just shaking. And Brother Hagen said, if you don't stop doing what you're doing, the devil's trying to kill you and he's going to succeed. If you don't stop doing what you're doing. See, he was doing the wrong thing. And Brother Hagen tried to tell him to stop. And a few weeks later, he was dead. And we didn't know till many years had passed. I remember telling Deborah this. God didn't kill him. He opened up the door somewhere. We don't know where he opened up the door, but he opened up the door somewhere. And we found out years later that at that very time, he had been told prophetically by Lester Sumrall to go and quit being an itinerant and start a church in Cleveland, Ohio. And he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to recognize because he had a very successful itinerant ministry, had a very successful business. He had a very popular name and he didn't want to transition from popularity to uncertainty the thing that it traps and shuts down frustrates and even kills most of God's people is seasons change and we do not we don't adapt why because we don't want to let go of what was is it the most dangerous time in our life is transition time Tis the season. Is this okay? I'm, trying, I'm telling you, if we'll recognize what season we're in, life can be beautiful. 
But if we're always out of season, life is tragic. Because the thing that was good and beneficial in one season can be toxic in the next. You know, just last week, Andrew and Laura brought us some apples because it's the season for apples. And so they'd gone up to North Carolina and they blessed us by bringing us a bag of, and man, those were tasty apples. They were good apples because it's the season for apples. But you know, if I had set that apple on my countertop and waited until spring, hello, the very thing that was beautiful and tasty in this season could be poisonous in the next. See, some of you are still holding on to relationships that used to be beautiful and now they're toxic and you won't let them go. Some of you are still struggling to say in certain occupations and positions that the Lord has told you time and time and time again to let it go and you won't and you're wondering why it's so unhealthy. God did not create you for tragedy. But we've got to be obedient. Do you know how the, is this okay? Do you know how the children of Israel knew to make their way through the wilderness? They followed the cloud. When the pillar moved, they moved with it. They didn't stop and say, you know what? This is a really pretty campsite. We worked really hard on this campsite. We put up our tents in this campsite. We don't want to go. What if they had? I can guarantee you this, the pillar of smoke would have kept on going. And pretty soon they would have been in the wilderness singing songs, Where art thou, O Lord, or where art thou? Y'all ain't saying many amens. Hmm. Getting back to Psalm 23, the action had changed because the season had changed. If David had not changed with it, he wouldn't have had the energy to move through the next season. When seasons change, sometimes we don't know what to do because they catch us without warning. And here's, I want, I'm just going to throw this statement out here and I want you to hold on to it and you can decipher it however you want. It's what you do when you don't know what to do that, ter- that determines what you get to do. What does that mean? It's what you do in the I don't know moment, in the transition time, that determines what you get to do in the next season. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. We'll get started in this morning's teaching. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. New Living Translation. For everything, there is a season. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. The why of time is for purpose. The why of time is for purpose. Now, notice it's if if it's a thing, it has a season, but notice that it's not in heaven. It's under heaven. Meaning heaven is bathed in eternity. You can't measure eternity, but you can measure time. God created time, but God don't live in time. God's not a creature of time. This is the reason why God's never too late. But you can be. This is why God's never out of season, but you can be. Because God created the stuff, but he doesn't abide by the stuff because he lives beyond the stuff. Hmm. Everything has a time 
And the time gives it purpose and direction. Time was created for purpose to be fulfilled. Time manifests itself in seasons. This is how we understand the times of our life, by the seasons we've gone through. This is why a missed season is a missed opportunity and a wasted time. Because that time was committed to the purpose, but if you missed the season, you never knew what your purpose was. Selah. Why? Well, your why is determined by the time you're in. I'm hurting myself. How does God measure time? He measures your life in terms of purpose, not by the years you have lived. And I stole this from Dr. Miles Monroe, who's one of the best places to plagiarize. <laughs> Growing old could incriminate you. Because God never asks you how old you are. God's question is always, what did you do? Because he measures our time by did we fulfill our purpose. Life is never measured by duration. I like this, but by donation. It's not how long did we live. It's what did we do while we were alive? If life is measured in terms of time, then time wasted is life abused. This all has to do with seasons. See, if we go through life never realizing that seasons have changed, we're wasting our lives. You can spend your whole life succeeding at the wrong thing. And when we stand before God, he's not going to congratulate us by doing good at the wrong thing. If God called you to the business world and you spend your whole life building a church, you did the wrong thing. You may have done it really well, but you did the wrong thing. If, on the other hand, God calls you to a pulpit ministry and you engage in business to the exclusion of the pulpit, you could be wildly successful in a complete failure. Because God wants to know, did you do what I told you to do in the time I gave you to do it? Everyone say, tis the season. Now let's go to verse 2 of Ecclesiastes 3. As you're turning, let me say this. Time without purpose is life without meaning. There is a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. Can I stop right here for a second? Can I chase another rabbit real quick? You know, I am a word of faith preacher, but I don't always fit in with word of faith preachers. And one of the things is that I've always been contrary to is there are some word of faith preachers that say, if you ever grieve, you have no faith. And I always say, and I remember my wife and I having this discussion years ago when a very popular preacher went to a very big pastor's church who had just died and rebuked the church for grieving. And the Bible never says that if we're of faith, we don't grieve. 
It says we don't grieve as those who have no hope. You following me? There's a time to grieve. Now, those who have no hope, their grief could become a lifestyle. They can enter into a life of darkness and never come out of it. Now, that's what we don't do. We grieve for a time. But when that time comes to an end, when it's a season to dance, you got to take off your mourning clothes and put your praise shoes on because you're no longer in the season of grieving over what used to be. If you enter into a lifelong grieving session, you are out of season. But it's just as dangerous when you're supposed to be grieving to let that process through. You think I got to impress everyone by dancing. No, there's a time to grieve and there's a time to dance. But we have to understand it's a season. Everyone say season. And if we know the season, then we grieve at the right time for the right duration. And everything, we can, we can grieve over Saul not making it as king. And there's a time to grieve when someone fails in their purpose. But then there's a time to dance when God brings a new king on the scene. And says the man may have failed, but the purpose of God is unaltered. Can I keep going? A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. I got to remember that next time I lose my keys. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Selah, mashande. That's Holy Ghost right there. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. Rabbit time. I remember years ago, an, an elder minister, I mean, a guy that was like, he was a king among preachers. And he told a story about how he had gathered a bunch of really just powerful men of God around a table. And they had invited a young preacher to come in just to witness. And this young preacher thought he ought to impress everyone with his great wisdom. And so every time they entered in a subject, he would speak when he should have been quiet. And finally, the, head, the, the, the guy that had put together the meeting looked at him and said, son, you haven't earned the right to speak at this table. You're here to learn. There's a time to be quiet. And then there's a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The question we must all answer, and I'm bringing this to a close. The question we must all answer is, do we know what season we are in? Because we are all in a certain season. Go to the same chapter, verse 11. I want to show you this. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. He, the Lord, your Father, has made everything beautiful. When? In its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And I want to stop right there and say this. This is when the right thing's done at the right time, it's a thing of beauty. I want to say it again. When the right thing is done at the right time, when you go through your life understanding what seasons you're in. Well, listen, when you're 72, you ain't 22. So quit acting and dressing like you're 22. You're in a different season. 
right? When you're 55, maybe I don't need to be climbing ladders like I did when I was 15. I'm in a different season. When we understand we're in different seasons, then the way we adapt to that season becomes a thing of beauty. When we start being brainiacs instead of physical, because I learn enough, it's better to point the finger than do it yourself. Say la papa. Many of us, we never recognize that the seasons have changed. That's how traditions are born. And traditions make the word of God of. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose. We go through life with a kingdom purpose, understanding that every changing season is according to his design. So we adapt to it. God has given every task its own time and time enough to fulfill its purpose. The key to success, no matter what we do for a living, is to do the right thing at the right time with the right people. A farmer who sows his fields at harvest time is doing the right thing, but at the wrong time. An investor who sells his stock when everyone is buying. A mature adult who continues to act like an immature child all have the same thing in common. They will fail. Moses killed an Egyptian ahead of time. Samuel nearly missed David because he couldn't let go of Saul. And many missed Jesus. Let me read to you out of Luke chapter 19, verse 44. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. You see this? By cause of. This is what the word because means by cause. Cause and effect. The effect was what he just said. The cause is what he's about to say. And what I want to say is this is not God's ordination, but man's determination. Because for the reason that or by the cause of you did not recognize what the time, time, the season of your visitation. This is what Jesus is saying. The time of your visitation was here. The Lord was in your midst. The bishop of your souls came to you. The promised Messiah came. And you did not recognize the season. You were adhering to the old and looking to the old instead of embracing the new. Jesus even said this about the way they adhered to the scriptures. He said, you read all the scriptures and you memorize vast quantities of them. And you think that in that memorization, you have life. He said, but they point to me. And you're missing me. I'm right here. The time, the season of your visitation is here and you do not recognize it. Now, because of that, they will level you to the ground. You seeing what I'm, you following? And your children within you and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because I want to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks under and protects but you would not. The most dangerous thing we can do in life is be ignorant of the changing of the seasons. Because wise people, when seasons change, what do we do? We adapt. 
When the, when the season becomes cold, get your jacket. Quit running around in tank tops. I know you got biceps. You're going to get the flu. And God didn't do it. You're running around out in shorts. It's 20 below. When we are out of season, we make bad decisions and wrong choices. So I want to answer the all-consuming question I know y'all have. How do we know when seasons have changed? I got two words for you. You ready? If you got a pen, a pencil, or a great memory, jot these down. These are the two words you need. Holy Ghost. You need a relationship built on communication with the Holy Ghost. Because if you never spend time with the Holy Ghost, you're not going to know when one season morphs into another. Because you can't always tell it by looking at natural. You've got to develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Because he's the one who will tell you. Go to John chapter 16, verse 13. He's the one who's going to tell you when things have changed. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, this is out of the Passion Translation, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He'll let you know when the seasons have changed. And he'll let you know how to go into the next season. The spirit of grace will always tell you what season you're in. He'll tell you when that season's coming to an end. And he'll tell you when the next season is beginning. So everyone, let's say this together. Tis the season. Only you can fill in the blank. Oh, you didn't have to repeat that. <laughs> you should know what I'm thinking. Only you know how to say what season it is. Because you can't look at my life and know what season you're in. And I can't look at your life and know what season I'm in. I might be in the sowing time. This is the time when I got to get seed in the ground. Well, if this is the time for me to be getting seed in the ground, I can't get angry because you're harvesting. Oh, wait a minute. I could preach a whole sermon on that That's one right, right there. See, if I'm in a harvest time and you pull up in a new car and God just gave you the car, I can't get all angry about it Amen. because you're in a harvest time. Amen. I'm in sowing time. Amen. So I'm just going to keep putting my seed in the ground and there will come a time when it's my harvest time. Yes, sir. But if it's not my harvest time, I got to be aware that I don't grow weary in well deuce and in, I don't grow weary in doing well because in due season... I'll read, but we're our, we are all at different seasons and we celebrate the season we're in because the, 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 the season we're in gives our life purpose. Give the Lord a hand clap. Yes, for us. Hallelujah. Father. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning.